Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to Irish Tech News Podcast. I'm here with Doug Lennox of QStream. So Doug, can tell us a bit about your background? Well, I'm, uh, I was uh, born in Dublin. I grew up in Talla and then I moved to Bray and uh, my mother's from Bray. So I uh, went to school in Bray and then I went to UCD where I did uh, computer science and maths. And I started my first company when I was a postgrad at UCD. Um, sold that after about uh, 11 years and uh, then started QStream about eight years ago in Boston where I've been based for the last 15 years or so. What, is, what does QStream do? So QStream is based on um, a bunch of research that was done at Harvard Medical School. So my co-founder is a professor at Harvard Medical School, and he spent the last 10 years doing research into how do you help people remember things longer and how do you change their habits, change their behaviors by looking at the neuroscience and psychology of how your brain works. And he actually developed uh, a methodology for learning that's actually designed to work with how your brain works. So you actually play a game on your phone in three minutes a day. It's a question and answer game, kind of who wants to be a millionaire. Um, but because of the way it works, uh, you'll actually remember it for months and years afterwards. So we built QStream as a spin-off from Harvard to take the technology out to the world. And we today sell it to large sales organizations who use it to help their sales forces be prepared to sell. So in other words, you're trying to make sales guys prepare for all eventualities. Yeah, it's all about, you know, all the, all the research shows and everybody's had this experience themselves that, you know, as soon as you learn something or read something, you basically immediately start to forget it. Yeah. And it, it's very quickly gone. I mean, we, we know from the data that within about a month, 80% of anything you've heard or read or learned is gone. And what Price did was he developed a way of reinforcing that information so that it would stick longer in your brain. And we were able to make it all into this game you play on your phone. So what the companies do is they're able to build content around topics that are important for them to be able to sell well. So it could be product information, it could be how to sell, it yeah. could be tools to use. So in other words, if you, if you have some use in this game, they will be able to remember facts figures that are important to make, them, to make a sale. Yeah, it could be facts and figures, it could be remembering features, it could be remembering you know, uh, how to explain the product in a better, clearer way to your customer and so on as well. And when they use QStream, which they just do for three minutes a day, we actually flip them the numbers around. So instead of forgetting 80% of it at 30 days, you'll remember 80% of it. So it's a pretty dramatic change. And is that software available? Is it uh, mobile or is it a laptop or a desktop? It's both, but mainly people are using it on mobile today. We were very early to mobile about five years ago. And so you can use it on your iPhone or your iPad or, or Android device. But you can also use it on over the web on your laptop as well. And how easy is it to modify for like certain clients? Well, we don't really need to modify the software at all because we give you the tools to build the content yourself. So it's the engine to deliver the content and manage the game and all that kind of stuff. So the tools are built in so that our customers can build the questions and answers themselves based on whatever they need in their organization at the time. Like Lego, he get the pieces and they put together themselves. Absolutely. Like, yeah. So that, that's the whole point is to, you know, let them be able to adapt really quickly to what's going on. So, you know, in, in other ways of doing training or learning, it might take weeks and months to build it and then deliver it to people. But in a few minutes, you can build some of these questions and answers that we do and push them out to your sales force. And I guess if you want to update your, your, uh, your QC product, 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, we're constantly, you know, adding to the product and adding new features and improving things. And it's all delivered as a software as a service. So as we push changes out into production, they immediately become available for all our customers. And is it available uh, as a one-off or do you pay monthly or yearly? It's a subscription. So you buy a subscription for however many number of people you want to use it. So you can start with one if you want. Usually companies start with maybe 50 or 100 and then you scale up from there. Most of our customers have thousands or tens of thousands of people using it. And uh, is your market space worldwide or certain countries? Well, we started selling originally uh, in the US and then over the last few years, we've expanded to selling in Europe as well. But because we sell to very big companies, they're using it all over the world. So we have Qstream being used in about 140 countries now in uh, more than 16 languages. That's pretty impressive language. I was presuming basically you were going to say it just works with a language that's only English. But if you're using like French, German, all that, that means Spanish, you've got more bigger market to go for as well. Yeah, we've got, uh, you know, all the major European languages. We also have, you know, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, um, and we can add languages very easily. So when a, when a customer is starting to use the product in a, a new country where we haven't worked before, we can pretty quickly add that language. And with Chinese, is it just Mandarin or is it more, more than that? It's Mandarin, yeah. So yeah. we do simplified Chinese, yeah. Yeah, which is the, the main language that people use. So now that like, like, like India and China, there's so many different languages. We're going to pick and choose which one you think is going to be the, the, the best fit. Yeah, and we'll, we'll listen to what customers have to say. A lot of times they will actually deliver the content in English. A lot of companies will have English as their global language, but it certainly makes a lot of difference to be able to tailor it to, to the language of a particular region or country. And how long have you been actually uh, been in other markets? As in America, um, we well we started uh, uh, open. We opened up in Ireland where we sell into outside of the U.S. about uh, four years ago now. But we already even before that had companies that were starting to use it in, in other languages and in other countries because even if we sell it initially to a company in the US they may have their first project in Eastern Europe or in South America or wherever they might need it to be because they're global companies. That's, that's pretty. That's pretty impressive that you've grown from a small company to be where you are now? No, it's gone very well. We get a really positive reaction to the product. I've never seen as positive a reaction. So everybody can relate to the problem that, you know, you just start forgetting things very quickly. Nobody's come up with a really effective way to deal with that. And this is effective and it turns out it's fun at the same time, which really helps people stay engaged with it. Well, I guess you've got a product. If you get a product that's solving a problem that everyone faces, then you're going to do well. Absolutely, yeah. No, and there's, it's, a, it's a product that we can apply to many different areas. I mean, we're right now focused on sales, but of course it could be applied to almost anything. It was originally developed with medical education in mind. So there's a lot of opportunity for where we could go with it over time and how people could use it. And what about for students doing certain courses like accountancy or medicine or anything else? Could you use it so that key data is... is part to the student yeah no absolutely we could and, and ultimately I think we will make it available to much larger audiences to use you know we we started out using it at Harvard and then at other medical schools around the US you know in exactly that way how do you help students reinforce and learn and remember the things they need and in fact how price got started with it originally is he was teaching courses at Harvard Medical School and he started wondering like I've got some of the smartest most engaged students in the world here at you know what is arguably the number one medical school in the world are they actually remembering the things that I'm teaching them? And when he went and, and, and looked into it, he found that, no, that they're not. But it's got nothing to do with how smart a person is. It's got very little to do with how good the actual course is. It's mostly to do with the way the human brain works. Yeah. 
Uh, but for the first time now in the last 10 or 15 years, we've been able to actually look inside the brain with fMRI technology and see what's going on. So we've started to identify how memory works actually inside the brain. So he was able to develop a way of learning that actually aligns with how the brain works. Because it gets a time when you remember stuff, you remember stuff for an exam, once the exam's over, that information is going to be just lost. It's gone, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when I was doing my leaving or whatever, the whole crack was about swatting up on it for, you know, the three weeks beforehand, try to get through the, the, the exam, and then it's gone, you know, the next day. And if you think about it, if you're training somebody how to be a doctor or a lawyer, that's not really what you want. You know, you need them, presumably, to be able to remember it. Because I know that when I was in college recently, I was doing stuff, certain things I found hard to, hard to, to actually uh, remember. And even looking back now, I used to remember the topics, but that's about it, because yeah. it was just, why did I have to learn that? Well, and it turns out it's really all about practice. If yeah. you repeat stuff over time, you start to use it. So the things that we tend to remember are the things that we're using every day. You don't forget how to drive a car because you drive a car yeah. every day. Um, but you don't forget how to speak English because you're speaking English every day. But things that you're learning and reading that you then don't get to apply very often, which is a lot of what we learn in a course or whatever, tends to slip away very quickly. Um, but this, this way of learning uh, will reinforce it and cause it to be remembered for significantly longer. And again, if you're something like, like a doctor and, you, and there's certain things you've done in your course, you often see, except in the once in the blue moon, be able to recall that in case you need to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's going to be tough if you can't remember that. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And so you, you imagine like a sales rep in our situation that's out working with a client and they have to remember a lot of facts and figures. Let's say they're a pharmaceutical sales rep or they're selling a financial services product. There's a lot of complex information they have to remember. Uh, and they're not going to be using all of that every day because they need to remember different things when they're speaking to different people. Yeah. That's part of what makes it so difficult. And I guess as well that if you deal with different lines, you, you can't have the same old sales speak and same old script. You've got to vary, uh, vary it according to who you're Well, pe- you know, people, people are able to go and Google things themselves now. So it's not like the old days where maybe you could come in and tell everybody the same three things. Yeah. People can go look that up for themselves and they've no tolerance for that anymore. Yeah. So what happens is you have a really small window of time where you have to show that you can add value for that customer. That Because if you're just going to tell them about your product, they could just look it up for themselves. So you've got to be able to tell them how it's going to help them solve the problem they have, which means you need to understand their business and their problems. So um, it's really changed a lot in the last 10 years as a result of things like Google. Yeah, because if you were to go and tell somebody what your product is and that's it, they probably already know what your product is because if they if they have a meeting with you, they know what you're selling. And the idea is how do you how do you persuade them to buy a product? You gotta basically engage with them in a way that haven't been dealt with before. Yeah, if they're, I mean, if, they've, if, they, if they're willing to spend time talking to you, you can be sure they've at least looked at your website and know what you sell. Yeah. So that it's pointless if you're going to start off just by repeating things they could watch or read on your website. And I guess at times you get people who basically, you're more saying, look, I'm not going to be a sales brochure, I want to be more than that. Yeah. Because at times, if you're just a sales brochure, why am I here? Yeah, it's really got to be about that you're not trying to sell somebody a product. You're trying to help them solve a problem. Because people only buy things that help them solve problems. So if you can't explain to them why it's going to help them solve their problem, and usually they've got lots of choice. So it's not just why this can help you solve your problem, my product, but why is my product better at it than these five other products that you could also buy, maybe some of which are cheaper. Yeah, also, the moment with tech sales, with the sales tech space, how is it uh, exploded? It's really, uh, particularly in the last, I'd say, six months this year, 
in 2016, it started to go nuts. And I think there's a few reasons that are driving it. So when you're out talking to big sales organizations, as we do, over the last, you know, five, maybe 10 years, they've all implemented a CRM, salesforce.com or whatever it might be, to help them manage, you know, their sales. And generally speaking, I think you'll find that sales organizations have been disappointed by what they've got out of that. They haven't got as much of a return as they thought they would get. And they're out there looking for what's the next thing that can help our sales organization be more productive, be more effective. And I guess you guys are one of the guys that you looking at as well. Absolutely. I mean, we've got something that's very different to what anybody else has out there. And every time we talk to somebody and talk about the fact that, look, you spend a lot of time and money trying to train your sales force to make sure they understand your products, that they know how to sell. And you know they're not remembering most of this stuff. Everybody says, yes, absolutely. That's a problem we have. But we've tried all these different traditional things and we didn't think there was a better way to do it. And we're coming along and saying, well, actually, now there is a better way. So you need to get offer a trial run as well to make sure it works for them beforehand? We do. I mean, firstly, we have all the proven science from yeah. all the research. So, I mean, essentially, we've proven already that the science works. And at this point, we have, you know, hundreds of customers that are using it very successfully, which is the best thing you can show anybody. Let me show you other companies like you that are using it. But yeah, we absolutely typically will start out with a new customer by running a small pilot, maybe for 100 of their salespeople for a couple of months that lets them try it out. But every time somebody does that, they immediately, you know, turn around and buy the product. We've never had somebody run one of those pilots and then not buy the product afterwards. So I guess it's a risk we're taking. Absolutely. For us, we love to put the technology in people's hands because every time we do that, they love it. And really, they like two things about it. The first thing that happens is, you know, they're using it with their own salespeople. So they start to get data back that's about their own salespeople. And that's valuable to them. They can see what they understand, what they don't understand, where are they having trouble, where are they doing well. But then also they start to hear back from the salespeople because salespeople really enjoy playing the QStream game, competing against their peers and so on. So they start getting all this unsolicited feedback where the reps are just saying, look, this is great. This is a great way for us to learn things and reinforce things that we don't get to use every day. And they've never had feedback like that. Normally, the sales reps are telling them, would you stop giving us more of this stuff? It's boring. It's not helping us. Um, so that's a very positive reaction that they get. And I guess basically with, with the sales, it seems to be more engaged. It makes you happy to be more around. Absolutely. And we've actually seen that in some customers where, you know, in some customers we've shown they've improved sales and, and various things like that, which is important. But in a few customers, we've seen data that shows that they've reduced turnover um, as a result of using QStream. So people have stayed and it's much cheaper to keep an effective working, you know, sales rep rather than having to lose them and go out and hire a new one and get them up to speed. So I guess that's a good self-point you can say, basically, we guarantee, or help to guarantee, try and guarantee, you'll have less staff turnover. Absolutely. Yeah, we've been able to show that we can improve quota performance, that we can increase revenues, that we can reduce staff turnover. So we've been able to do that again and again with people. And it's very easy to try. You know, the basic idea is come and try it for yourself and you'll see that it works. And I guess also, if you mention some names you go who are using the product, Perhaps that as well. Well, absolutely. When we started out initially focused on the life sciences industry, and today we have 60% of the top 50 pharmaceutical companies using it. It's 14 of the top 15. So, you know, it's Pfizer, it's Bristol-Myers Squibb, yeah. etc. Then we're also in seven of the top 10 medical device companies. And last year we started selling to financial services companies. And now we've got people like MasterCard using it and Capital One. And we just did a very big deal with LinkedIn for their whole global sales force earlier this year on the technology side. 
another product with Microsoft that can be bigger for you now. Absolutely, and we're we're working with Microsoft as well. So that, that's great because because we're not joking about everyone's surprised like why did LinkedIn go Microsoft? But I, I, and in a sense. As a salesperson, sales background, you might think it's a, it's a good opportunity for Microsoft. I think it makes a lot of sense for Microsoft. I think Microsoft is trying to mount a serious uh, competitor to Salesforce.com, who are obviously the dominant players in the CRM space, yeah. and I think LinkedIn can help Microsoft do that. And I'll say that a couple of years ago, LinkedIn brought over Lynda.com, which is this training, and to get that service now, you'd have to pay a, a, a monthly fee to be LinkedIn Pro, and they can maybe launch for Microsoft with you if you have a subscription. They get, you get Linda phone in free as well. Yeah, I think there's all kinds of ways they could integrate it. I mean, we're uh, Linda users here at QStream, so we, yeah. have a, we have a license for it, and it's great. We like their content. So I think there's all kinds of interesting ways that, uh, that Microsoft will be able to uh, use some of the LinkedIn products and capabilities with Office and with their dynamic CRM product, which is the competitor to Salesforce. So I guess right, right now, if, if, if you've got those guys on your side, that means for your future is rosy. Well, you know, we work hard every day to make customers happy. You know, one of the things about having a software as a service business is, you know, people can stop using your product anytime they want if you're not doing a good job. And I think it's it keeps it's it's healthy for us to have to make sure we're doing a good job and delivering good value every day. But we've certainly been very happy with the success we've had to date and we think we're just getting started. Well, that's good. I'll, hopefully in years to come, you'll have a bigger office as well all around the world. Yeah, well, we've been we've been growing that as well. I mean, here in Ranala, where we are, we you know we just moved into a new office after Christmas, and uh, we uh, in we opened a San Francisco office just in March of this year, and uh, um, I think we'll open a few more in the next year or so as well. So you plan to more in Europe, or is it going to be more in America? Well, I think the growth opportunity in particularly is in Europe for us right now. I mean, we're growing very well in the US and continuing to build the team out, but uh, we've only just really dipped our toe in the water in Europe. So there's huge opportunity to grow significantly in Europe over the next few years. And I guess probably China as well, long-term-wise, China is an emerging market. Yeah, we're already, the product is already in use in China by customers. And as we were saying earlier, we have it localized into Mandarin for people. Um, but there's obviously a huge opportunity, the massive is market there. So China and India and Asia, where we're already in Korea and Japan as well. So it's, it's you know, it's it, working with global companies gives us a great opportunity because they're working in all these countries. So we might start with them in Ireland or in the UK or in the US, but ultimately it gives us the opportunity to grow into all those other geographies that they're doing business in. So I guess Microsoft, if you're working in America and they're going to offer share, you be mostly would get to sell the product here through them here as well. Absolutely, and sometimes it starts here. You know, even though Ireland is a a relatively small market on its own, a lot of these big global companies, of course, are here. So sometimes we start with a small group in Ireland, and that's where we grow from, which is fantastic as well. What about startups? Are they looking at somewhere you're looking to get into next as clients? You know, right now we're staying focused on pretty large organizations, and the technology would work for small companies. We use it ourselves, uh, you know, across the company. But for us, it's really a matter of focus. We're still a small company. You know, we're 80 plus people today. So we have to pick our battles. And it makes sense to go after large companies because there's big growth opportunity for us in there. But we also have a bunch of channel partners. We've over 60 other companies, big and small, that take our technology and sell it into industries and countries that they're in. So we have a reseller in Turkey, for example, that sells it into companies in Turkey. Uh, And we have resellers all over the US and Europe that take us into other industries we're not in, like automotive and retail and manufacturing and so forth. And these cases are the companies that go for a bigger small. 
or they mainly big? Well, they, the, the, the channel partners vary because some of them will go into much smaller companies because they're set up to do that. Some of them will sell into big companies. So we're definitely selling in through our channel partners into smaller companies than, than we would do directly ourselves. And long term wise, would your aim be to move, move that area or to stay where you are? You know, I think over time, certainly we will grow. I mean, there's huge opportunity to grow into other industries. I mean, we're only in three industries right now. There's opportunities to grow into yet yeah, medium and small organizations as well. There's opportunities to grow into other business problem areas. I mean, we're focused exclusively on sales right now, but we see a lot of interest in our big customers in using QStream in other parts of their business, like other customer facing roles or regulatory compliance areas, for example. All right. Thanks very much. Thanks for that. Thank Great. You.